chapter 21. This Sunday is traditionally known as Palm Sunday. Palms would be really nice right now. And the sun that goes with them and the sand. I just want to read that story and then I want to go back a little bit and and look at it. Matthew chapter 21, beginning with verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell them that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the ground, on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Turn back now to Matthew, I'm sorry, that was Matthew, Psalm chapter 118. I want to read the psalm where this is taken from, where it was a prophetic song, a prophetic psalm that uh, talked of this event, the the forthcoming of this, this event. Everything Jesus did was a fulfillment of prophecy. Everything he did was written down ahead of him. Even his character, even, even how he acted, even, even the, the, the mannerisms, the, you know, that he was gentle, that he never, never bruised a reed, the, uh, Isaiah says, which meant that he, he wasn't a gregarious person. He was, he was very humble. He was very, he was very uh, um, purposeful. said that not a word would fall from his mouth, which meant he didn't say anything he didn't mean. He didn't say anything that didn't have purpose. That didn't have, you know, so, so very specifically the Bible um, talks about who Jesus was and, and, and then what he would do, what he would experience. And, you know, it, as we come up to this, this holy week, then it even talks about his entry into Jerusalem. Now, well, let's just read it and then, we'll, then I'll go further with that. Psalm 118, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, Hey, that's pretty good. Not bad. Not a little practice. We'll get better. Verse 5, I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. 
as the worship team was singing that song this morning, that, that I knew where I was going, uh, what scriptures I was going to be using and so on. And they was talking, that song kept talking about, I will not fear. I will not fear. And I thought of this verse as, uh, as we were worshiping. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They surrounded me, yes, they surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They surrounded me like bees. They were quenched like a fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. You pushed me violently that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you for you have answered me and and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. He, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have, pray, we have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. These verses, especially the, the middle portion, is talking about the triumphal entry. That and, and Zechariah, I believe it's Zechariah, talks about uh, that your, it was that verse that was quoted in Matthew 21 that talks about that Jesus or the Messiah would ride in on a foal, on a colt, on a colt the, the, the baby of a, of a donkey. And so it prophesied these things. I've always looked at Psalm and I've read some other, other people who say the same thing. That the Psalms were, yes, David's words. They were, they were his words uh, of worship. They were his words of concern. Um, you know, and we'll get to, we'll get to uh, the Psalm where it talks about why so downcast, O my soul. He laid it out on the line. This, this, is a, this is a worry. This is a concern. I have a problem here. I have a real situation I need to deal with. And yet, I'm going to put my hope in God. So these psalms were, yes, David's words, and they were, yes, David's feelings, all these things, but they were also prophetic. And they were prophetic to the level that many of them talk about Jesus's, what I believe, were his very thoughts 
at different times. There are, there are some verses in uh, especially Psalm chapter 20, 21, 22, 23, that if you, when you read those, many of those words were either spoken by Jesus during the crucifixion or about Jesus during the crucifixion. Powerful words. Read those this week. I encourage you to do that. Psalm 20 through 24. Because it shows you maybe even some of the, 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 the thoughts that are not written down of what he was experiencing at the time. But here Jesus comes into Jerusalem and he's the, he's the reigning king now. He's the, 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 the incoming conqueror. Blessed be he who has, whose name, uh, who's, who comes in the name of the Lord. Welcome Jesus. Come on in. They were all excited. Now, yes, the Pharisees hated him. Yes, there were other people who were you know, already plotting against him. But to those people that were around him at that time, I mean, this is it. The kingdom's going to get set up. Here we go, folks. This is going to be wonderful. This is the way we expect this to turn out. Jesus is going to come in. He's going to set this up. This is what we've been hoping for. This is what we've been believing for. It's going to happen just the way we want it to, t- to turn out. The thing is, Jesus knew the rest of the scriptures. He didn't just take that scripture and goes, okay, we're going to rest in this. This is my scripture. This is my life scripture right here. This is the one that I'm going to stand on. This is going to be my answer in every single problem, every single trouble I ever experience. It's going to be blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He knew that was one day, but he also knew about the ones that talked about the suffering. He also knew about the ones that that talked about the betrayal. He also knew about the ones that talked about the the the, the pain and the anguish and the and the death he was about to experience. When Jesus came in through that gate, it was a triumphal entry. And it was because he knew that it wasn't that the, end, the week was going to end uh, seemingly in triumph. He knew the, the, the end of the week was going to be violent and horrible. But he knew that as he came in, he was going to be the king of kings and lord of lords. That what he was about to do was more important than accolades. More important than cheers and, and people putting down palm branches. Many of these same people who who did that on that day were the same ones that said crucify him a week later. Or at least they they were very absent from that moment. He looked at the whole situation. But he did, as he looked at the whole situation, he knew that he was going to be crucified. He knew that he was going to suffer violently. But in the midst of that, we hit this verse that says... Where's the one that says, I will live and not die? Ah, there it is. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. That doesn't seem right, does it? He is going to die, isn't he? He was going to die on the cross. He did die on the cross. But how can he say, I will not die, and I will live and declare the glory of God? Because he was talking about the second death. What he wasn't going to experience. He wasn't going to experience decay. He wasn't going to experience separation from God for eternity. He knew that what he was about to go through would be enough, would pay for all the sins of man, and that you don't have to go through the second death. That you don't have to go through separation from God for eternity. 
He did it willingly. He did it anyway. That, that this year has been something that just keeps resonating within me is, is that even in the midst of the struggle, he kept going forward. He could have just said, you know, I'm, I'm going to skip the triumphal entry. Because if I skip the triumphal entry, then I don't have to endure what's going to happen at the end of the week. But he didn't do that. He didn't, he didn't skip and, and only do the parts he wanted to. He lived all of it. So as we live our lives, and, I, and I've definitely been thinking about that a lot this week, is the times when you, when you experience not what you expected, not what you hoped, not what you know, you, it seemed like, okay, this is how God's going to answer this situation. But in the midst of it, there's still grace. In the midst of that disappointment, in the midst of that frustration, in the midst of, dare I say, anger. Because it's kind of easy. I'm going to be very, very open and honest. It's pretty easy to get ticked when it doesn't go the way you hoped it would go. You know, it's, okay, I'll be real honest. Dealing with our, our elected officials, I, there's a lot of things I wanted to say. There's a lot of things I had to go through my mind. And you just go, <laughs> I had to run a couple past Pastor Greg, and he goes, well, is it going to help? Probably not, no. But it just felt good to say it to somebody, you know, even if it... But, in the midst of it, in the midst of frustration, and, we, I, and I know we all deal with it. We don't like to talk about it. But it's great to have people stand up and give testimonies of, oh, everything turned out exactly the way we had hoped. There wasn't a single disciple on that triumphal entry that thought by the end of the week Jesus would be tortured and die. And when they even talked about it, Peter was like, oh, no, not you, Lord. That's not how this is going to end for you. But he didn't see the big picture. We don't see the big picture. That's the problem. We don't right now see the big picture on how this all is supposed to work. What's all happening. We can make conjecture. You know, Deb and I have been talking about it a lot this week, going, you know, maybe this is what it was all about. Maybe, Maybe this is why we needed to do this part of it. And, you know, they're all good possibilities, but we still don't know. We won't know until we stand before God, until we see history in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the light of, of eternity. Can we look at the situations that we go through and the things we have to deal with and the things, things we even have to suffer sometimes, and we, can't look at, we, don't, we don't look at them in the right perspective. Things that happen to us that are seemingly unbearable, yet we still walk through them. I can tell you, in the midst of it, there's grace. There is grace. There's, there's more than enough grace. There's more than enough love. There's more than enough ability, no matter what you're dealing with. Does it make it easier? Yeah, I mean, it does make it easier, but you still got to go through it. It still hurts. It's still frustrating. It's still, and, and, but we do that. We, we, we're people, and... and you know, to, to say that we don't do that, to, oh, I'm an overcomer, I'm never going to suffer you know, frustration, I'm never... You know, hello. That's foolishness. The truth is, we, we're human. 
And he's made allowance for us to be human. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness, and that includes the strength to walk anyway. Even when it seems that you're walking straight into the fire. This last week, I was doing something else as well as all the other stuff that I was doing. And I want to thank Julian Grant Abbott for preaching last week. It was a huge help. Really blessed me. And I heard it really blessed you guys. And I said, if he keeps that up, he may get to preach again. You never know. You just never know. He did a great job. This last week, I was going through a bunch of training for my other fun thing I get to do in life. Fight. I trained and tested last weekend, and then during the week we had different seminars, and there was a, an expert from Israel that was here doing different training, and yesterday there was a seminar, called, it was called an active shooter uh, seminar, and basically the situation is, is like what we hear about, you know, there's shots start, you know, ring out in another part of a building that you're in, what do you do? How do you, how do, you do this? How do, how do you react to it? You know, much like the school shootings we've, we've been hearing about, much like the, the office building shootings, and it's like, well, what do you do? How do you react in this situation? There's all kinds of ways you can react. But he said something that just, it's it just like, wow. That's like Christianity. He goes, he goes, at the moment you hear those shots, you have two choices to make. You can either run away and save yourself, or you can run towards them and save someone else. And I just went, man, that's a, lot like, that's, a, that's a lot like God, isn't it? Jesus heard the shots. He knew that, he, that, that humanity was going to perish. He knew that people were going to die and, and, and spend eternity separated from him and his father. And yet he ran towards the shots. And the last thing that this gentleman said was, he says, what kind of person will you be? So when we look at God's call in our life, when we look at who we are and who we're supposed to be in, in this world, are we the kind of people that save ourselves? You know, we can do that. I'm saved, I'm good. Or are we the kind of person that goes, okay, I'm in. There's others that need to be saved too. There's others that need to be rescued. But that may may mean running towards the fire. That may mean running into the house when everybody else is running out. That may mean going the extra mile for, for what seems like a futile situation. These people from Sikahit are are valuable to God. And it's worth fighting for them. It's worth doing whatever we can to preach the gospel to the lost. It's worth it. During the great Chicago fire, 
D.L. Moody was there during that fire, and they, many people ran towards the lake, towards Lake Michigan, and jumped in the lake because it was the safest place from where they were at. And he was one of them that went to the lake, and he was standing in the lake. The, fire, the, the city was burning, and there was a woman who was next to him. And she was weeping and weeping and just, you know, completely losing it. And, she, and he's going, ma'am, ma'am, what's the matter? And she goes, she goes, she goes I, 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 made, uh, I can't remember, I made it out safe. He goes, ma'am, but you made it out safe. safe. Don't weep anymore. Don't wail. And he, she said, yeah, but I didn't bring anybody with me. She saved herself. Jesus gave it all. Knowing full well what was about to happen, he kept going towards Jerusalem. Even when people tried to talk him out of it. I love Thomas's line. He goes, he goes well, let's go because you know, if he's going to die, we might as well die too. Thomas may be one of my favorite. But he did it. He just, he just kept going. He took the chance. He, he, he laid it on the line. And he, but he didn't do it by just, you know, because of his sheer guts. He did it because he had the word of God. He had the word to back him up. He read this and he says, he says uh, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Well, okay. God is the Lord, verse 27, and he has given us light Bind the sacrifice with cords. I mean, in the same verse where it says, blessed is he who comes, or in the same chapter that says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, also says, bind the sacrifice with cords and to the horns of the altar. God's promise to us is triumph. Eternity is going to be a triumph. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be wonderful. But that triumph comes through sacrifice. That triumph comes through dying to ourselves and saying, my life's not worth it. It's worth it to bring someone else's life through. I mean, that's, that's something this church has been built on over 25 years. If, anybody, if you know Pastor Dan Dennison, that's his life. Getting one more into the kingdom. That's who we are. That's, that's what we are. We're, we're about the lost. Getting, preaching the gospel to the lost so that the lost... I mean, it's a lot easier just to maintain. It's a lot easier to, to just hole up and you know, barricade ourselves and say, We made it. We're safe. It's a lot harder to get out there where people are not as nice as you would hope they would be or as clean as you would hope they would be or as, you know, godly. <clears throat> and I'm preaching to the choir. I know your guys' lives. I know, I know many and most of you. And you're out there. You're living your lives. This is just to push a little further. Living out there. Living it out there. Who's the next one? Who's the next person that needs to hear about the kingdom? Praise God for opportunities. The hardest thing for me as a pastor is to be a pastor. 
when it comes to people that don't know Christ because they, as soon as they hear you're a pastor, conversation stops. So I try to, I try to be salt and light as long as I can before somebody hears who actually, you know, what I actually do. And I had a chance again this week. Praise God. Wow, that's really interesting. I've never heard that before. What do you do for a living? Shoot. <laughs> you guys have the advantage. I'm a contractor. I'm, I'm a retired guy. Oh, okay, cool. You don't get the, oh, Nelly, whoa, put on the brakes. Although sometimes it's fun, and you've heard my stories. Turn really quickly. Psalm chapter 42. These are again David's words. These are the ones I've been personally standing on this week. Psalm 42, beginning with verse 1. As the deer pants for streams of water, my soul, my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When, when can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, so, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And it goes on. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But the context of what David is writing in is one of the times he was running away. He's either being chased by Saul or he was when his son had usurped his authority and taken over as king and done some really despicable things and threatened to kill him and he had to leave in shame. And in the middle of that, who wouldn't be downcast? Who wouldn't be disturbed in their soul? The whole world's against me. Even my, my own kin is against me. Because even whether it was his son or whether it was Saul, his, he had married Saul's daughter. The whole world is against you, and, and, and all of the might of the whole world. They, I mean, they can actually do something about it. And the, the plan is falling apart, and the, and the promise, the seeming promise is falling apart. Yet in the midst of that, David does something which I think is absolutely vital and which we have to do in times like that. That is not the time to have a pity party. It's in that moment is when you've got to grab yourself by the ears and you have to say, why so downcast, O oh my soul? Put your hope in God. Listen to me, John. Knock it off. Stand up. Put your hope in God. Because God's not done yet. Because God isn't impotent. God isn't, His arm isn't too short. Love that song that we were singing there. That God is, is reigns forever. He's the He's the, the, the what was it the, the the leader of armies of angels? What was that? How'd that verse go? God of angel armies. 
Do you, I mean, Jesus even said when, when they were taking him away at the Garden of Gethsemane, he goes, don't you know I could call a legion of angels? I, I could do this, you know, 12 legions of angels. I, there's no, no end to the power and the might. I could stop this anytime I want, but I'm going to keep going, guys. Just settle down. Everybody leaves him. Everybody gives up. He, gets, he starts being accused by Pilate. And what does he do? Nothing. Because this is what's supposed to happen. That doesn't seem right. But don't you understand this is going to end in death? <laughs> I shall live and not die. And declare the glory of God. This not how, that's not how this is going to end. You watch. So how's this all going to end? How's your situation going to end? Why so downcast? Put your hope in God. Now you have to say it to yourself. I encourage you this week. Read those out. Read, read, read Psalm 20 through 24 about the, what Jesus went through from, from history's point of view. But also read in Psalm 42, Why so downcast, O my soul? Why does this thing that seems to be bothering me so much, why do I have to, why am I putting so much stock in it? Put your hope in God. That's, where your own, that's, that's the only place your hope is coming from anyway. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand.